Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. In this episode, you'll hear from Alex Barker. He'll be sharing how he helps pharmacists find inspiring work over at the Happy Farm D. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Alex Barker, is a clinical pharmacist at the VA and a coach for pharmacists and healthcare professionals. Alex received his pharmacy degree from Ferris State University. And a few other interesting things about Alex include that he paid off his house in three years. He is running three businesses on the side, a franchise media company and coaching practice, all while working full-time. He does some writing for entrepreneur.com, huffingtonpost.com, and pharmacytimes.com. Alex stays very busy. Um, Alex, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Wow, I had anxiety for that intro. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a lot. (laughs) Busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're glad that you could carve out a little bit of time to share a little bit with our listeners. And now that they've heard just a little about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe tell us a bit more about your personal life. Sure. Yeah. So I would say I, I remember graduating in 2012 and saying to myself, uh, okay, now, now what, what in the world do I do with myself? And I, uh, quickly discovered the world of podcasting, which opened my eyes to entrepreneurship, which I think like all of us, uh, from my generation, especially we went into pharmacy school and the idea of business in pharmacy was just something of an atrocity, um, like something that was just maybe even archaic, like, ah, there's no way that you can be happy running a business in the world of pharmacy. Um, And so I just started doing crazy stuff as soon as I became a pharmacist because I, I didn't really get too much satisfaction from my work. So I was just, I did literally everything. I um, sold baby strollers on eBay. I made custom, uh, stickers, Star Trek stickers. I'm not a Trekkie, but I made Star Trek stickers on Etsy. Um, I made websites. I sold articles. I was a freelance writer. I was an audio editor. Um, I mean, I did way too much stuff. And I did all of this while having kids and being married and being involved in the community. And uh, here I am today to say that I don't do a lot of those things anymore, <laughs> and I have uh, quite a few people working for me, and they are building my business while I'm at my day job. And and the nighttime, I do stuff like this. I get to talk to you, Hillary, and have fun, um, and have fun with my family. Uh, we just got back from eating Asian food, so I kind of feel like I have a rock in my stomach, but... Uh, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. All right. And so, Alex, your LinkedIn profile self-describes oh you as helping pharmacists and healthcare professionals find inspiring work. Mm-hmm. 
So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and the journey that you took to doing this? Well, I think I would start off first with me even discovering coaching. Um, Hillary, you know, actually, I'll ask you, when you hear the word coach, um, especially outside of the world of sports, it, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, well, of course, immediately, having grown up, being an athlete, playing every sport available in high school, that would would be the thing as a, a type of athletic coach. But I think that um, even talking with Rick Sane, uh, I interviewed him a, a little bit ago, and he just sold his uh thriving independent pharmacy turned compounding turned long-term care turned specialty to Fred's for over $60 million. Um, And he said that he used to coach. Mm. So I think that um, there's something there that, you know, having somebody that's not your spouse or not your in your family, uh, not somebody that you work with, but is an outside third party individual um, that can really help you to focus in on goals and uh, create that focus is really helpful. So um, that's kind of what I envision when I hear the word coach now. That's a lot better than what I used to think about. <laughs> um, I think uh, I have to be honest with you. I'm I am naturally a a judgmental person. It's one of my downfalls. And I used to think like people who hired coaches were people that had life issues that they just couldn't figure out. Um, and then I discovered the power of coaching. <laughs> um. I had someone coach me once, and it was kind of a a life-altering situation. It really made me realize what I wanted to do with my life. And I really didn't see how my current decisions were leading me towards the life that I wanted for me, for my wife, for my family. And since I experienced that power, I was kind of jealous. I kind of wanted to give the gift that I had received. So I started doing it for other people probably back in 2013. Um, and I found that I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I've always been coaching ever since. I've helped people make podcasts. I've helped people start up membership websites and businesses and change careers and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And what I, I would definitely agree with what you said that I think what I do best is helping people get to where they want to go faster. Um, Cause that's what my coach helped me do. And it's what my current coach helps me do now. What I do specifically for pharmacists and a lot of healthcare partic- practitioners is really helping discover what it is that they want to do. I'm working with a pharmacist right now. Um, I won't name his name, but he has been in the industry now for about 25 years. Um, He likes his job, but he is not really in love with his company. He kind of feels like he's in number care versus health care. 
And we actually just had a discussion on Sunday night, really trying to figure out the the big question that I think a lot of pharmacists have, which is, should I stay in this profession um, or should I leave it entirely and pursue something else? So those are some of the big questions that I help people with. Um, but I, it's not just pharmacists. Actually, I, I have a client who is a chiropractor and uh, he is so burned out from his job that he knows that he needs to get into something else. And so I'm helping him becoming a medical science liaison. Anyways, uh, that's really what I do. And it's not always career related. I have a few clients who also have businesses. I've got a guy who he owns a multi-million dollar marketing company uh, directed towards dentists and he was going to quit his business. He was so fed up with it. Um, he was angry about what he was doing on a day-to-day basis, um, which is funny because a lot of people think, you know, oh, you're making all this money. You must be thrilled. He was so frustrated. He hated every bit of his job in his business. But what I helped him realize is he just needs to focus on doing the things that he really loves to do. And now he's doing more of those things. So being a coach is kind of one of those weird things where um, you say to people, like, what is it that you do? And you go, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I help people go where they real, where their heart really wants them to go and not their head. Cause people often say that they want to do things and yet they don't often do them. And it's normally because of fear or, you know, the fear of rejection or failure or whatever it is, um, I help people overcome that, really. That's kind of a long-winded answer to explain what I do. <laughs> yeah. So now that we know what you do, how did you know that you would be a good coach? Or how did you, you know, what? how did you become one? Or, or what are some of the skills that really lend themselves well to your consulting and coaching role? Well, uh, practice, number one. <laughs> um, I used to – have you ever had a coach before, Hillary? Not a career coach, no. no. But, yeah, you've worked with athletic coaches. Absolutely. Um, I used to think coaching was giving advice and telling people what they really needed to hear. Um, but I've learned through – working with really powerful coaches um, on a weekly basis that what coaching really is, is listening to people and finding out what the real problem is that's stopping them from getting ahead. Um, I work with a lot of pharmacists, um, particularly those that are really dissatisfied in their career, people who really hate what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And the fears of the things that stop them um, are never ending often. And, and they many times revolve around money. And it takes a lot of listening and reflecting to hear what, what it is that's really stopping people. And I had to learn those skills. Um, believe it or not, I'm not a great listener. I know that you're asking me to talk quite a bit, but 
um, in the beginning, I, I was not very great at it, and I had to learn how to listen to people and hear the problem behind the real problem. A really great clin clinical pharmacists know that people will come to you with a problem, but more often than not, there is a real problem behind the problem, right? Like the prime example I give people to explain this is when a guy comes in and he says he can't sleep at all and he's having so much trouble sleeping, or that for that matter, a woman comes in and they sleep just fine, you know, in a sleep study. One of the, I know a doctor's, one of the first questions they ask is, well, is there something at home that is making you uncomfortable? Because you slept fine here. And it sometimes it's, you know, their, their environment. Sometimes it's their spouse. <laughs> um, but often it comes down to asking the right questions. And that's what I do for people. I, I ask them really powerful and sometimes very uncomfortable questions that can get your armpits all sweaty. <laughs> um, because it's not easy to answer questions that you don't want to face. It, it it does seem that it would take some refining. And I'm sure over the years, your coaching abilities have just grown and grown with your practice. So um, that's, that's interesting to kind of hear the types of uh, I guess kind of what a, someone would expect if they were to go seek a coach that they've got to be ready to answer those tough questions. And, w and what do you do if, if somebody may not be ready to kind of face the tough questions? And they come to me for answers. Yeah. Um, I typically don't coach them then. Um, I, I can't, you know, what's funny is when you, when you create something like what you have created, Hillary, you, it's really clear to me that you want to help people. But the sad truth is, is that you can't help everyone. And yet you will get messages from people almost in a way demanding that you help them. I don't know if you've received these messages yet, but you will, if you haven't. And when you talk to them over the phone and they even are looking for something really simple, like a simple answer to their big life problems, and you give them that, what you'll immediately hear back from them is an excuse as to why that won't work for them. Uh, yes. And mm -hmm. if I hear excuses from people, I mean, not, not if I'm giving advice at all, or if I'm just talking to them um, and I hear excuses those are often the lies that they've been telling themselves for years and they're just not true. I'm too old. The job market's too saturated. I'm too young. Um, there's no way I can get that kind of job. There's no way I can leave the profession. There's no way that I can cut my expenses. There's no way I can do all these things. Well, if there's absolutely no way, then there's, there's probably no way that I can help you because you have put yourself in a bird, a bird cage that you will never escape. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, and I have to admit, um, you know, one of the things I didn't say when you, when I talked about my impression of coaching, I really thought it was full of mumbo jumbo, you know, more air than real substance. And um, I think that's part part of the media's fault 
talking about how co- life coaches especially get a really bad rap for being people who just give really bad advice. Um, and that's not at all what I do. In fact, the majority of the time, I almost never give advice. I maybe give a few options here and there for things for people to consider. But the majority of the time, I am listening and asking questions so that the person on the other side answers them. Because what I foster in people is the confidence to make the decision of what they really need to do, despite everything within their own being is telling them, don't do this because it's scary. Um, can I give an example? So sure. this is a part of my secret sauce. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like, how do I connect with people whom I'm, I know that they can give me something uh, like a new job or an opportunity. And yet I, I don't have a really great way of doing that. Like I don't know them and no one else I know knows them. Like, for example, what if you wanted to co- contact with the guy who's in charge of innovating Amazon and their pharmacy business. Ooh. Yeah. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm that kind of person. What I will do is I will shoot a video of myself talking into a camera and messaging people that way. It's an extremely Mm -hmm. personal way to connect with people and it's so much more refreshing versus a video. And whenever I do that, mm-hmm. people immediately say, wow, thank you. No one's ever done that for me. Thank you. Uh, and I usually get a hold of people that way and find out the information that I, I want to find out. But if I'm just to suggest that to someone as a career tactic, immediately it's brought up as fear. Oh, my gosh, I hate myself on camera. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to do that. I mean, half of my clients. How do exactly, I do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and half of my clients, like, they get sweaty palms just thinking about the idea of recording. But it comes down to asking the right questions. Like, why is there fear associated in this and what's stopping you from doing it? If you really want to change careers, then why are you imposing this, I guess, barrier to success on yourself? Yeah. So Alex, how would someone go about finding uh, you as a coach or um, more information? Well, I guess it depends on what. Um, the Happy Farm D is really my main home base. Um, and I'm open to talking with any, everyone, honestly, any pharmacist. Uh, but I definitely don't work with everyone. Um, I have a full list now of clients. But one of the best ways that you can connect with me is probably check out one of my free master classes where I talk about career transitions or I talk about pharmacists getting into business and starting different things because the Happy Farm D honestly isn't really all about promoting my coaching because I can't there's I think over 280,000 pharmacists in the United States alone there's I just can't talk to every single one person um but what I'm My goal, I mean, for being on this podcast really is I want to spread this message that you don't have to work at a job that you hate. You can find work within pharmacy or outside of pharmacy that is fulfilling. Um, And sometimes it just takes a little bit of poking and prodding to get you to move in that direction. Um, So 
to answer the question briefly, <laughs> the happyfarmd.com is the best place to find out what we're working on. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I love that you guys are doing live mastermind classes and things like that. I think that would definitely be a great way maybe for someone to check it out and get, learn a little bit about it maybe before they, they take the leap and, and pursue the coaching. Um, and just to kind of get to know you and, and yeah, see, see, some more tips like sending video messages to, to get people to answer or respond. I think that that is a gold mine right there. So that's something, um, it reminds me of a guy that really wanted a job dressed as a Postmates <laughs> delivery guy. So he hand delivered his resume to the CEO mm. of that company and you know, of course he got the job. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth it to be creative. So I, I got one of those video messages and it does it, it, it's refreshing. It catches you off guard. Um, and it's oh, very that's right. I sent um, you one. personable that, <laughs> yeah, you take the time. See, I totally forgot. You, I totally forgot, for but I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Man. Wow. Well, I don't, I don't feel oh. special anymore. If you do that for everyone. Don't be but. so mean. <laughs> so. You brought up a, you brought up a great point though. And I tell, I often have to remind everyone I work with about what you brought up. And it's that your success is often determined by how uncomfortable you're willing to be. I'm sure dressing up and handing something to the CEO was very embarrassing, right? Like I couldn't imagine doing that to sure, the chief yeah. of medicine at the VA. Like that, that'd be really weird and crazy. Uh, and I don't know necessarily if that would work, <laughs> but um. I often have to confront fear in people because they're they're not willing to do what 1% of people are willing to do to get a job. And we now know for a fact, and especially metropolitan areas, for any one job, there's easily dozens, if not over 100 applications for just one position. You have to be willing to do some poten maybe potential things that make you uncomfortable, like go to the site and introduce yourself. I mean, it's not a radical idea, but the majority of pharmacists aren't willing to do that. It's unfortunate, but that's how you can get the competitive edge. Absolutely. Yeah. So Alex, you are clearly a very driven individual and have a, a really unique skill set that you bring to the pharmacy profession and in addition to your business pursuits, you're an avid volunteer in your community and have even led a podcast, Pharmacy Life Radio, and I think you mentioned a few others. What's really been a lesson learned from your career? Can I, 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 there's a lot there, and I could probably talk for an entire episode about the lessons from podcasting. Can I share one that's really uh, recent for me? We love that. Yes. Um, I, this is hard to admit. I do not always value um, people as much as I should. I have to admit that at times when I'm really focused on my goals, sometimes I can lose sight of 
what people really mean to me. I recently read a, a book by uh, Steve Sims. Um, he's a guy who owns a business called Bluefish, and the book's called Bluefishing. And it reminded me how much that people really matter. That the reason why I'm even here talking to you, Hillary, is because of the people who have impacted my life powerfully. And I have learned that to make people really feel special, you got to let them know that you're thinking about them. And the way this coincides into action, honestly, is a variety of ways, but mainly through just gift giving. And it's lately set my soul on fire. I have been sending out gifts left and right. And yes, it has been costing me money. Um, but I've also been doing things that just let people know I'm thinking about them. For example, I don't know if you have this happen to you, Hillary, but I get so many stinking freaking newsletters and magazines that I never order. And I used to throw them in the trash. But now what I do is I go through them and I stole this directly from the book, Blue Fishing. And I will take out portions of these magazines uh, that remind me of certain people. And I will mail them, these people, uh, just a brief little post-it note message with the article attached. And I'll mail it to these people. And I get these messages back of just extreme gratitude. And these are people who are vendors for my business. They are contractors. They're my employees. They are my clients. And people send me back the messages that make me feel like I'm on the right track again. So the mistake, again, that I've been making is that I just don't value people sometimes. Um, sometimes I, I feel like I, I use people. But what's brought me back to really the core values that I believe in is letting people know that I appreciate them and that I do think about them. And I guess if you want to get mushy about it, that I do love them. I, I love my clients. I love the people I work with. And I want them to know that. I don't want them to just hear it over the phone or Skype or however I'm communicating with them. I want them to know that I care about them, that I care about their their spouses and their kids and their grandkids. Um, that has been a really, it's a hard lesson that I learned recently, but it's been so great accepting uh, the lesson that I've learned as of just the last couple of weeks. That's so interesting. I mean, I love that you have really dug into the the gift giving um, and and that you're doing it through like magazine or just anything that really helps you to connect and, and make it a personal uh, connection with that individual. Um, that's, that is so powerful. And it, it really reminds me um, of a podcast that I listened to on oh, the Smart Passive yeah. Income, um, the art of, the art of giving gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually, or I think that was the same podcast where the uh, the Postmates story came from. But the art of giving gifts, it, it's all about, you know, doing something like a video message or sending, you know, a Valentine's thing or, or something for St. Patrick's Day, something that's out of the blue and unique versus, you know, your standard mm -hmm. Christmas card or, um, you know, you find out what this, the... CEO's wife <laughs> loves yeah. 
a certain type of knife and you get, you know, you, you just kind of find out those little details um, and make it personal. So that is really neat that you've learned that lesson and that you've found a way to to kind of gift give and make people feel appreciated. So that's amazing. Um, so Alex, as our final question, what is some advice that you would give your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? I love this question because I love time travel. And if I was to go back in time, I would want to go back in time to P1 Alex. Is that okay? Can I bend the rules of time in this podcast? <laughs> yeah. P1. P1 Alex. I would grab him by the shoulders and I'd slap him across the face really hard. And I'd be like, what? Why'd you do that? And I'd be like, listen, you're not listening. Take every opportunity outside of your studies, outside of your day-to-day, and treat everyone as if that you will work for them one day. You see, I had a real problem with not really valuing people's time and energy. And that led me to really miss out on some great opportunities. I wasn't very engaged in college other than just trying to survive. And that really hurt hurt me in my career. Um, It wasn't until my P4 year that I got serious about stuff. And my the main problem I had was just having a poor well truthfully it was because I uh, I treated myself like I was a victim of my circumstances and it wasn't until my senior my P4 year that I read an awesome book called How to Win Friends and Influence People which I know is cliche for every millennial to read that book when they're in their late 20s and think oh I need to change my ways but it really was true um, I was a jerk. I was not a very nice guy. Um, I was more of a class clown than anything. And I read this book too late and I changed my ways too late. I wish I did this much earlier on. So if there's any lesson that I can give the next generation is that treat everyone, yes, even those who are on the low end of the totem pole than you, as if one day you will work for them. Uh, that'd be the one thing I'd want to say to myself. Well, thank you so much for sharing that piece of information and a little bit more about your coaching uh, background and experience and where others can find you at the Happy Farm D. Um, we're really excited to hear more about the work that you're doing and helping pharmacists to pursue um happier and inspiring work so thank you alex for being a guest on the talk to your pharmacist podcast Thanks for having me. it was fun Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.
Hey everyone, if you'll be at ASHP mid-year, come by and see me. I'll be at the Dispensary of Hope booth 550 and would love to meet you. We've got stickers for talk to your pharmacist and come tell me what you want to hear from some future episodes. Look forward to meeting you.